There's some people that go around not even aware that their space is just exhausting them. It's like that just becomes like status quo. And then our relationships, you know, when we're in these spaces, like some people can, you know, they can live in them and it doesn't bother them so much. But then most of the people I work with, there is like this contrast and, you know, in, in homes where there's, when there's multiple people, one person's like, yeah, this is fine. But others, it just, it really, yeah. And they don't even realize it till after. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey there, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Wild Zora. This company is owned by husband and wife duo Josh and Zora Tabin, and they are based up in Loveland. And I actually know Josh and Zora personally, and I had the opportunity to tour their facility a few weeks ago. This is such a cool company, and I happened to get hooked on their products well before I actually met the owners. Um, their ingredients are all natural and amazing. They source everything locally, organically, sustainably grown, and then they package and produce it all there in their facility in Loveland, and they both live in Fort Collins. They've got these great meat and veggie bars, which contain grass-fed organic beef or uh, other meat products, as well as a full serving of fresh vegetables, organic vegetables. Um, The newest product that they just launched, which I'm really fired up about, is their basically just add hot water oatmeal bags. They're perfect for camping, but frankly, they're also just perfect for taking with you to the office and when you're on the go because the bags are meant to hold the hot water. So all you have to do is add some boiling water to the container and you can eat this amazing oatmeal right out of there. It's got dehydrated nuts and berries and coconut and all kinds of good fats and nutrients. It's really amazing food that quite frankly fills the gap for many of us when we're trying to eat healthy, good foods when we're on the go. So Wild Zora's website is wildzora.com, and they are offering our listeners a 20% discount on your order using the code HOTMAN, H-O-T-T-M-A-N, at checkout. You can also just click their logo at the bottom of our website, and it will take you straight to a page, but make sure to use that code at checkout. I just want to give one pitch to the... um, specific breakfast cereal that I'm really obsessed with right now. It's called the Palisade Pineapple Mango. They call it a paleo meal to go, and it does contain 10 grams of protein. By the way, for those of you who are anti-gluten, it does not contain any gluten, no grain, no milk, and no added sugar. So when you see these products, you will be a true believer and a true fan just like I am. They also have a butte cocoa banana oatmeal cereal as well as a cliffside coconut berry cereal it's really incredible stuff and having seen their facility and seen exactly how this stuff is made it's fantastic so check out wild zora at wildzora.com use the code hotman at checkout save yourself some money give these products a shot and fuel yourself for maximum enthusiasm and full optimization when you are out on the go in your busy life Welcome back, listeners. It is the season for spring cleaning, and I don't know about you, but some of these cold or maybe less than ideal weekends seem to present the perfect opportunity to dig into those piles of crap and clutter that we have in our house that just speak to you and constantly nudge you to deal with them. Uh, That is definitely what I experienced this past weekend. I have my guest Stephanie Sakura back on the show. She was with us earlier when I was going through my garage in my basement. This time she is back as I am partway through my master closet overhaul. And I have to tell you, the first two projects were pretty easy and straightforward. Didn't really bring up a whole lot of emotional resistance in me, made pretty short work of them. This one has got me kind of stopped in my tracks. And we talk about some of those emotional psychological issues and it's just honestly perplexing to me that I would even stress or 
spend so much time and energy on stuff. And I actually share with her some of those emotions like anger and resentment and, um, and actually just feeling ashamed at the level of consumption and the level of, um, you know, stockpiling clothes and shoes. It just made me feel really embarrassed. And it's still interesting to me that I am stretching this project out. Can I get an amen? Anyone else out there? So yeah, our stuff takes more in time and energy from us than we like to admit. And that's what this is doing. And we talk about ways to get through projects like this and next steps if you get stuck. And definitely my favorite part of the discussion is rules, putting place rules that you like, that you can live by, that you can implement. And we talk about some great ones like taking your credit card information out of your phone. And for me, not going places that I know I'm prone to buy stuff and unsubscribing from those emails from stores and not following some of those brands on Instagram that are tempting, just as a few examples. Anyway, uh, I've shared this before, but I just want to say it again. There's that great quote from the Fight Club, be careful what you own because it will own you. And that quote has been swimming in my mind now for the last four days as I've been combating the mess that is my master closet spread out all over my upstairs. I'm going to wrap this project up by the end of the week because I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to have this thing done and put behind me. And Stephanie and I talk about some ways that I might be able to make that happen. Of course, one would be to just simply bring her in because she is a professional. But for your benefit, we talk about all these things. And I hope that maybe this will inspire you to let some of that stuff go that is dragging you down, sucking your time and energy in more ways than one. And she talks about the um, the overall you know, cost of something, the true cost of an item. And I was just talking with my friend Heather about this yesterday on a bike ride in terms of, you know, we drive to the store and then we buy something, but we're in too much of a hurry. So we don't try it on. And then it comes home and then we try it on and it doesn't really fit us very well, which is ironic because, you know, we're fit athletes. And so we, we should be wearing things that look nice on us, but we don't, but then we're too lazy or it's too time consuming or whatever to return stuff. Uh, right now I have a box in my car that I'm going to have to eventually take to UPS because I have to return something and I can't use the postal service to pick it up. And so it's like, now I'm starting my car to take something back. This is ridiculous. It's insanity, my friends. So enter a new level of being present, total awareness, and really giving thought to purchases, acquisitions, gifts, you know, swag, stuff we all get, freebies. Anywho, that's what's on tap for today. I hope you enjoy this second session with Stephanie. We went long because we had a lot of good stuff to talk about, but I hope that this helps you and impacts you. And certainly please consider bringing her in for some professional service if you get stuck. She shares her website and her Instagram handle on the show. And we will also again have some of her content on the website, MaximumEnthusiasm.com. In the meantime, I'm going to challenge you wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, I want you to think about two items in your house that you know with absolute certainty you can and want to live without. Envision them, picture where they are in your house. You can see it. You can even just picture where you put it or where it's being stored and make it your mission that when you get home, you will seek out those two items and you will not second guess yourself. You will put them in a bag and donate them as quickly as possible or give them to someone or uh, repurpose them in some other way, but get it out. Two items, make it happen. Think about it right now so that when the time comes, you can pull the trigger and make it happen. All right, peace out, my friends. Have an awesome day or night or run or walk or drive or whatever it is that you're doing. I'm sending you so much love from Maximum Enthusiasm. Thanks as always for your support. okay moving on up but um so yeah the the cause is kind of mid it all depends it's, it can be pretty difficult but it's not as as much as the garage or the basement interesting well I pushed record right before you started saying that because I liked where that was going and we were just talking about sort of where the easiest places to start are where the kind of intermediate places and then like when you're straight varsity like when you're ready to roll up your sleeves and get real what places in the house those are and uh and so Stephanie, I'm so excited to welcome you back to Maximum Enthusiasm. Thanks for coming back for round two. Thank you, Megan. So excited to be here. And uh, you're here because I've had a few freakouts. 
<laughs> where I send you emails of my house in a complete tornado because I decided to gut my master closet and then I stalled out and you found this pretty fascinating, didn't you? <laughs> well, I, not that you stalled out. No, I was excited <laughs> that you took it on and, and I was relieved. I'm like, oh, she is human. Cause I was like, she's going to tackle this whole thing. And you're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, she's human. She's so. human. <laughs> yes. So, so tell me, Stephanie, like why, what is it about a space, whether it's my master closet or someone else's garage, what because I did not encounter this this pushback when I did my garage in my basement. That was easy, scorched earth approach, done and done. What the heck's going on here? Yeah, well, I would, you know, we can talk about that, but I want to talk real quick about, you know, because you said like you just took on the garage, you took on the yes. basement, and it didn't seem, and maybe you did, but did you hit any road bumps? Because it seems like you're like before, after, boom, done. Yeah, no, I did not feel any roadblocks. I would say the emotion that I described to other people was frenetic or freneticism. Mm -hmm. I had, it was more than just a compulsion, a compulsion or a drive. I had almost an um, obsessive compulsive um, motivation in those two projects where it was like, you're not eating, you're not sitting down, you're not sleeping. Life is not going to continue until this project's done. It was almost a little bit weird the way I got, but it was also just very, very easy for me to tackle it and kind of eat, eat sleep, and breathe that project start to finish um, and get it done as quickly as possible. Interesting, yeah. The master bedroom closet, not so much. Not so much. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so going back to your original question, you know, why, why when we get in these spaces do we have these reactions mm -hmm. and that can go either way. And so, and we talked about this a little bit last time in our conversation that, and they have confirmed that when we enter these spaces, a lot of people describe, I feel, you know, I feel anxious or I feel so stressed or I just avoid it or whatever it might be. We have some kind of, you know, physiological and like mental reaction to it. And, you know, and it's because it, it literally does trigger your brain in that way. And so I'm, as I'm listening to you say this, like it triggers that same response in your brain, that fight, flight, or freeze. And yes. so that's why a lot of people, when they're feeling overwhelmed, they're like, what's wrong with me? Or why, even more so, like, why do I need my space clear and, you know, tidy or whatever you want to describe it? And it's really because it, you know, why does it make you feel more calm? It's because how your brain is reacting. And you were sharing, um, you know, with the with the garage in the basement that, um, yeah, the garage in the basement that you were like frenetic and just go for it. So it was probably was that fight response. You're like, I'm taking this on oh. and, you know, and doing mm. it. And, you know, so interesting that when you hit the, um, the closet that you had, and maybe you just were like, you know, that response finally like dwindled or, you know, tapered <laughs> off or out. something or like the adrenaline, like finally, you know, tapered off and you're like, okay, this is real. And, um, but yeah, these spaces, they, they do trigger us. And that's why so many people, um, you know, reach out because they're just like, I, you know, they feel that sense of overwhelm. They're triggered. So they really are paralyzed. Many people are. So that's why I was like, wow, you just totally tackled that. Cause that's not the norm. It's most people that are like, I'm overwhelmed and I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to start uh, or, I can't, or I can't keep going, which sounds like maybe what's happening with the closet is you're like, yep. I'm going to take this on. And now you're like, yep. but now I can't keep going. Yep. Which is so interesting. So I'll just share a little bit of what you know, but I'll share it with the listeners, which is, um, and I've kind of given thought to where this all started to steamroll and I'll, I'll share a little bit of that in a minute too. But um, I hadn't had a whole lot of concern about my closet. It didn't cause me clutter filled anxiety type feels like I was getting in my garage in my basement. It was not a source of any sort of negative emotion. I just walked in there and got dressed every morning. I wouldn't even say that I spend any kind of excessive time getting dressed. I'm typically not the person that tries on two or three things. I put something on, I leave the closet. Um, it's organized by color. I know where to find everything. I felt like I was wearing most of it. Most of it fits me very well. Most of it's pretty nice stuff and it's clean. Um, so in terms of like low hanging fruit or like easy things to just kind of go through and do an initial purge, I didn't really see this as that type of space. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I felt like the garage and the basement were full of all kinds of easy wins. And I'm not sure what got into me Thursday night, but I woke up at like, I don't know, 345 something Friday morning. And I just thought like, this is, this is the day. And so I just started emptying out the entire closet and I, I time-lapsed the video. Um, and that just watching that made me start to feel really embarrassed and ashamed 
about how much stuff was in there. And what I did was I took the contents of my closet and I put it in my three guest bedroom closets. And then when I saw that the contents of my closet filled each of those closets to capacity, I got really angry. Um, anger was definitely the, the overriding emotion to this whole project. Cause then I just got really, really mad at myself. Like, how did this get to this point? You're really not a consumption person. How in the world did this get so out of control? You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, so those became the feels. And then I started dragging out all my shoes. I spread those out all over the floor. I sort of came to terms with how many pairs of shoes there were. And I just felt a sense of resentment um, mm-hmm. and started checking in on like, oh my gosh, Megan, you've had some of these shoes since law school. I think you can give yourself permission to let them go. And mm-hmm. a little bit of like, oh, I haven't worn those in several years. Um, so not so much Marie Kondo, a lot more like is this solving, is this serving a purpose? Does this add value? Right. Where I stalled out was like four or so hours into this process. I started just losing interest where it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, my closet's empty. Everything's in all the other closets. My shoes are all over my floor. I don't want to do this anymore. And my house is a disaster, which I've worked so hard to make it not be. And so then I um, listed some things for sale on eBay and then I kind of checked out on it for the better part mm-hmm. of the weekend. And every time I would be confronted with that mess, I got madder and madder and madder. <laughs> yeah. So here's where things are now. I basically went and grabbed my handful of most favorite items that I love and naturally always gravitate towards. And those went back in the closet, like five core undershirts, five core cardigan slash sweater type things, five kind of core, like nice knit or cable sweaters or sweatshirts, um, all the jeans that I love and wear, and then my business suits, and then a few core pairs of shoes. And pretty much everything else is still spread out in the three guest bedrooms with a lot more listed on eBay and a big box of stuff ready to go for donation. But that still leaves me with like the 45% of stuff that I'm ignoring. Right. And why do you think you're ignoring it? This is so interesting to me because I can't even really put my finger on it other than I've become so organically, sustainably, environmentally, like plant-based oriented in my life. And yet my closet says otherwise. My closet says that Megan doesn't care about the environment, that Megan doesn't care about consumption. My closet shows me that I have made purchases on whims when I was too lazy to try stuff on. And it shows me that I've been really wasteful with my money and I'm struggling with just putting it all in my car and driving it to go donate it, which is really what I need to do. To be honest, the problem is it all fits me and it's all nice stuff. So I think, okay, are you shutting yourself into having to get rid of it? Why are you getting rid of it? If it all still fits you. Do you enjoy, are there pieces, like you said, you picked your favorites. Are there pieces that you, you know, we look at that 45% that's remaining in the closet. Mm -hmm. Are you like, Oh, I'd like to wear that. Like, even if it fits you, do you enjoy wearing it? So I would say loosely the answer is yes, because most Mm -hmm. of the stuff in my closet does look good when I put it on. I'm not one of those people that has stuff in her closet that doesn't fit that still has tags on it. Like if I bought something and didn't fit, I'm really disciplined about returning it. I don't have things with tags. Um, I've worn everything in there. For me, more what I'm realizing is this whole decision fatigue component Mm -hmm. to this. And I don't want to waste my brain power thinking about what I'm going to wear. And even this morning, sort of dressing myself on on this first work day with this quote, new closet, it was so much easier. Yeah. And so why is it hard to get rid of these things? Right. (laughs) Well, I think like to not, you know, I I can tell that you're a go-getter and you're very, you know, you set some goals for yourself and you've done, um, and when you're saying the decision fatigue, I think that's really you know, we, that's one of the benefits of a smaller wardrobe, but even just going into like working through your closet, like you said, I did all this and then you had all these emotions cause it is emotional. And that's what I, you know, deal so largely with people that they get started. They can't finish because they are emotionally exhausted. Like it takes time to be very thorough and do these things and to truly, you know, to make these changes. It's, it's not an easy thing. Um, and, um, it's exhausting and it's overwhelming and it's quite common that people quit. There's a lot of times when people bring Mm. me in when they're like mid project or they started it six months ago, they're like, I started it and I just couldn't finish. And, you know, I was working with someone today in their, in their basement and they were, um, 
you know, it's just, you could just tell, she was like, I just want to be done with this, you know, Uh, you know, but it was like, I'm going to help you see this through. Like, you know, you take a break, I keep going, whatever it is and really helping. Sure. Um, cause it is, it's just, especially there's so much stuff. And like, you're just talking about the emotions you had with letting go of some of these clothes. Cause you were, you know, it it hurt me just to hear, you know, for you to hear you say, like, I can't believe, you know, I'm buying all this stuff and I've done all this stuff and done all this. And, you know, and I would say to that, it's, you know, this is, this is a journey, you know, and like now your journey is going down a different path and you're just sounds like you're trying to be more intentional about what you're bringing yes. in. And I think, you know, I think you're doing the right things where it's like, okay, these are easy decisions. That's what I always say. I was like, let's start with the easy things, things that you'll never wear again, whatever it is you've had for 20 years, you don't enjoy wearing, let them go. And I'm the same way. Like my filter is like, does this add value to my life? Yes. You know, do I really need this? No. Easy decision easy decision. This is what I love to wear. And then that stuff in the middle, you know, maybe it's, it sits there for a little bit and you try to decide, but, um, or, or, or another way to let it go. But I think, you know, you're, you're chipping away at it at, um, you know, the right way. So it's, so right. I give yourself credit for that as well, but, um, yeah. So just a lot of emotion there for sure is what you're a experiencing. Lot, a lot. And I think I said this in the email to you this weekend, another big feeling that came up was resentment because now not only am I having to face my own consumption and even some curious stuff came up for me around that because I was reflecting Mm -hmm. on when I acquired a lot of the stuff. Most of it has not been in the last five years. Most of it was prior to that point. When I look back at that time in my life, I realized I was overscheduled, was completely trying to outrun some things in my life that I was really trying to not have to work on or was trying to avoid. And so I think I was buying stuff, you know, half awake, I was consuming stuff half awake, I was um, overscheduled and overwhelmed and wasn't being present. So the good news is, at least in the last five years, those habits have changed. However, I'm still now feeling resentment towards the fact that it was a gorgeous sunny weekend this weekend. And I spent some time outside, which was awesome. Uh, but that I have to spend this kind of time and energy dealing with stuff. Yeah. And that makes me mad. That <laughs> makes me mad at myself because yeah. I did it to myself. <laughs> Yeah. But you're, you know, and you're doing, you know, and you're doing this work that won't, you know, it is a journey, but that you're, you're doing this foundational work that is taking time right now, but over the course will take less and less time because you're moving forward in a very intentional way. And, you know, and that's a lot what, you know, in the work that I do and like what I write about is just how our stuff robs us of, and I'm not like everyone become a minimalist, whatever it is. I think it's whatever works for you. But just being aware of those things we bring into our lives, into our homes, and even in our schedules, that they do rob us of time and, and money we're not even aware. And, um, you know, our energy, because like you were saying, like, it just, it triggers our brain and, yep. um, you know, and, and you're exhausted from it, you know, and there's yep. some people that go around not even aware that their space is just exhausting them. It's like, that just becomes like status quo. And then our relationships, you know, when we're in these spaces, like, some people can, you know, they can live in them and it doesn't bother them so much. But then mm-hmm. most of the people I work with, there is like this contrast and, you know, in, in homes where there's, when there's multiple people, one person's like, That's yeah, right. this is fine. But others, it just, it really. It's killing them. Yeah. Yep. And they don't even realize it till after I work with people. And I remember this one, you know, client, I flew out to Connecticut and spent the weekend with her and, and her family. And she texted me after I left and she's like, I haven't seen my husband this happy in years. And she wasn't even aware how it was just like, and we're not talking like hoarding. We're just talking. She held on to stuff. She had a full closet, some stuff she had been thinking about, Oh, I should get rid of, but it had been sitting there for years and years, you know? And, but sometimes we're not even aware of how it's affecting us. Like until, until it's gone, you know, and that, you know, and that relief. And so, um, isn't that crazy? It's, I mean, Yes, I can see and feel all of that. And like the first thing that comes to mind is like first world problems. I mean, how crazy are we that we let our stuff that we've spent money on, that we spent time earning money, like, and then we let our stuff take energy from us, like talk about a triple whammy. But I will say to your point, I I have become more sensitive to the way stuff Mm -hmm. affects me after the garage and the basement. And when I had my room torn apart on Friday, it was Friday night and I was getting ready to go to sleep and I still had the shoes strewn all over the floor and I still had all yeah. the stuff sitting out because I wanted to leave it out so that I would deal with it. I didn't want to just shove it all back in. And I checked in with myself and I said, I can already tell that this is going to create a sleep disturbance. Like I can, like the vibe mm-hmm. that this is creating in my bedroom, this place that I've tried to make this total sleep sanctuary 
Yeah. I actually had to physically move everything out. And then I went and bought some sage at Sprouts. And it was like, I just knew that I had to clear the room. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that there's any bad juju attached to any of this stuff, just the clutter sensation. And um, sure enough, I slept really well Friday night because not one of those things was in the room. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, just even that awareness, I guess maybe that's a win from this project because that would have never occurred to me before. I'm not really a sage burning kind of girl, but but I did. <laughs> you did it. Yes. I, did. <laughs> I had a friend say that recently. She's like, you should add this to your services. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I'm like, like just yeah. bring a fire extinguisher and you'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, so what is your yeah. goal? If you're like, this is my goal. This is what I want for my closet. What would you say? Oh, I love that. Thank you for teeing up that question for me. Yeah. So prior to this weekend, I don't know that I could have answered that, but what Friday started for me and what this whole, um, as I mentioned, this like really organic, I'm trying to make right now, um, not bringing plastics home from the grocery store. I've turned that into a total game. Um, you know, I compost, I'm plant-based, I don't drink alcohol. I'm, um, I'm, I'm really just trying to like, and I ride my bike everywhere and I don't drive my car and that kind of stuff. And so I've kind of taken this to the next level where I started Mm -hmm. really paying attention to the apparel industry, which prior mm-hmm. to now I've been completely oblivious to. And so where I started to look this weekend as I had my closet pulled apart was what does it look like to try and build a capsule wardrobe out of things that are sustainable, organic, fair trade, ideally made in the USA, and even more ideally by a woman-owned company? Like, does that mm-hmm. even exist? And so I spent the better part of Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon just on the internet searching for products and also just recognizing that there can be different levels of organic and some people can just use it as a a marketing scheme. And then there are truly legitimate, legit companies. And I was thinking, ideally, what I'd love is to have a very core wardrobe consisting of these items that were made very, very well. They're typically very expensive. um, And they would be lifelong items that would not require dry cleaning. So that's another big thing that I eliminated was all the clothes in my closet that require dry cleaning because that's bad on so many levels, plastic Mm -hmm. and chemicals and expense. Plus, who even likes to wear button-up press shirts? Like they're always cold. They don't stay tucked in. Like what the hell? Why do I have so many of these? Oh, you're a lawyer. It's what you're supposed to wear, but I don't wear them. So, okay. So anyway, to answer your question, that's what my wardrobe would look like would be would be at its core, um, those types of items that I'm describing that would be relatively wrinkle free or would travel fairly well and would hold up washing after washing after washing. And of course, companies like Patagonia come to mind, but it needs to be a bit more professional in attire. So I found a couple great companies. One is called PACT, P-A-C-T, and it's actually based here in Colorado. Um, and I just ordered another, um, a handful of core undershirts from a company called Synergy based in California. Um, Santa Cruz. And so anyway, that's kind of, so, so then the irony I can hear what you're thinking already is, well, so wait, you're out buying stuff. No, not <laughs> okay. at all. Well, that's where my mind went. I was like, Meg, okay, what are you doing here? But what I thought was these five, they're literally like black, gray, white, navy um, undershirts. Those are going to be the core of the wardrobe. And I mean, quite frankly, will be what I wear almost every single day with a different blazer or a different scarf. Um, but you know, just the same four or five items kind of recycled over and over and over again that can hold up after lots and lots of washes and wears. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I I love it. And absolutely. I'm not like anti, you know, you know, consuming anything. It's really, and I love that you want to bring in items that you will, like you said, you'll wear over and over that you really enjoy. And you know, the, when it's five items that it's, it's not, um, it also helps, you know, I think about like the closet, like that is a place for the most part where you start your day. Yes. And, you know, I've worked with so many people that they're just like, oh, my mornings are just off because they enter oh. this like cluttered, you know, wh- whatever it is. And so it just, just think like that's triggering you. You feel stressed. Then you're short with your kids. It takes you to totally close. And, um, so I, again, I'm not like pushing minimalism. I'm just pushing like simplifying down to what really, you know, adds value to your life that makes your life easier, that we're not wasting our time, our energy, you know, sifting through clothes we don't wear, that kind of thing. And that's exactly right. You know, and if it means investing it, which I'm all about, like invest in some good pieces that will last a long time so that you're not going through these these motions, you know, in six months because you're like, oh, I just bought all this stuff and I don't like it and but yep. I bought it, so now I can't let it go. And just that whole, you know, that thought process. Yes, exactly. Um 
And frankly, the cheap stuff that we buy, we end up throwing away because it doesn't hold up. Like if you're buying stuff at Target or wherever, like that's, that's just as bad if we start talking about the environmental impact. Oh, yeah, on so many levels. And that's what I talk a little bit about in the book is about, you know, I think we talked about that, the true cost, that documentary and just, you know, I work in so many closets where I see people, they have tons of stuff with the tags on because they got a, you know, smoke and deal four ninety five for a shirt. And it's like, really, do you know, like what I'm all about giving people jobs, but let's give you yep. know, jobs and I won't go down that rabbit hole, but you That's know what right. I mean? Like, That's right. Um, but, um, yeah. And so, you know, so I love your goal, you know, with the closet. And so it's like, you've got that, you know, I talk about like, how do we simplify if there's a space that's triggering us, which you said the closet wasn't, but once but you open things I think up, it was. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. I'm not, not physical. I just, you know what I mean? Like there's just a lot of stuff going there on. Was. There was. Yeah. Yes. Once you open it. Um, and then it's really about like, how do we build a system? So that's, you know, my passion is when I help people is that not only are we simplifying because the less stuff we have to manage, the easier it is on our life on so many levels as we discussed. And then it's about building that system. So, you know, it's, it is easier for you to get dressed because you have a few things to decide, but how do we, how do we store those things in our space so that it helps us to accomplish our goal as well? And so, um, I'm actually looking at these pictures of your closet here and, Mm. Um, you know, whether it's the shoes or whatever it is, but like some people, you know, they want a place that or a space that looks aesthetically appealing, or they want to be able to easily find, you know, their things. Some people maybe that have more than five shirts, that kind of thing. And that's where, you know, that system is like, how do we create, how do we make things even simpler for ourselves to do what we need to do? Because who wants to spend, you know, time in their closet getting ready or, you know, that kind of thing. And exactly. And that's where the systems come in. And um, I wish I would have done this. Like I didn't start this journey till after I left my corporate job. And had ah. I done that, I could have saved so much. I just think about the mornings I would spend just trying on outfits and all that. I'm like, oh my God, talk about like crazy? Feeling, feeling ashamed. I'm like, oh, what a waste of time and energy and money and all that. I'm like, but I'm glad I figured it out better. You know, absolutely. Than, you know, absolutely better now. So that's right. Um, well, and what I've figured out is I'm a rule person and I can actually follow my own rules really well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be someone else's. And so I'm, I'm envisioning you trying on your outfits before work in your corporate apparel. And, um, and I'm thinking about some of the rules that I either have or have recently implemented, especially last year coming off of my year of no shopping. One of the things that really hit home with me was if I'm too lazy or too unmotivated to try something on, mm-hmm. I have no business shopping and it's time to walk out of the store. That's a rule. If, if you don't, if you can't be bothered to try it on, you don't get to shop. Um, something else for me is, um, it has to fit me really well. Like I work hard for a fit physique and the last thing I need or want is a shirt that fits kind of okay. Like mm-hmm. the seams need to hit the shoulders where they're supposed to hit the shoulders. It needs to be the right length. Same with pants, baggy waistbands with tight thighs. No, like I'm not, it has to fit me really, really mm-hmm. well. And I've stopped settling for the stuff that just simply doesn't. It should perhaps, and it looks adorable on the, on the, the hanger. I just won't bring it home if it doesn't fit me really well. Um, and then sort of this whole recognition of like, I still have the pair of shoes that I bought myself when I passed the bar exam back in 2004. Mm-hmm. So those are 15-year-old shoes. They were expensive. They're fancy. They're cool. Never wear them. Not comfortable. I flap around them and on the floor. I can't walk like a lady in them. I just need to give myself the okay to let that go. Cause like I still pass the bar exam and getting rid of the shoes doesn't change. That. <laughs> right. And the memory's still there and all that. Yeah. The yes. memory's not in the shoes. No. And, you know, no. and if they're not, if you look at me, you're like, Oh, I just love this. Like, that's great. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, sh- do I have to get rid of this? I'm like, no. Not if you feel that way about it. Exactly. If this is, if this is not getting in the way of you, you know, folk, accomplishing your goal that you've set for this space, then no worries. Yeah, exactly. And, and I love what you say about, you know, how does it fit? Cause I, you know, was helping a client in her closet who likes to shop a lot. Like you said, like she's mm. a busy woman and was just a lot of purchasing things. And so we spent a lot of time going through these purchases uh. that haven't even made, you know, haven't even been able to, she hasn't even been able to hang them up. And cause there's so much stuff and wow. going through them. And she's like, what do you, you know, what do you think I should do with these clothes? And I'm like, do you like them? She's like, I don't even know, you know? And so we, and that's literally what I did. I was like, you have, you like, you have so many clothes that like you should only keep. And this is what she wanted. I don't impose these on people that you truly feel good on or good in. And so we, I mean, 
I went and worked with her to help her keep going. She's like, I don't want to do anymore. And I'm like, do you want to clear the space? You know, and, and she Gotta did. keep going. And that's why she called me. She knew she needed someone to keep her going. And so I was doing that's that awesome. for her and, and helping her with these decisions and, you know, the thought process. Cause it is like, like you said, it's, there's a lot of decisions <clears throat> and it's mental, but, but that was the filter that we set for her. And that criteria was like, do you feel amazing in it? Like, if not let it go. Because I love that. she was going through the process of clearing her space because she wasn't feeling good. So we're going to clear your space, but then we're going to put clothes on you that make you feel totally, yucky, you know, isn't that silly? Um, yeah. And, you know, we do these things for ourselves. And, yes. you know, she got the momentum going where it was like, first she was like, oh, I feel bad, you know, and it's like, no, she's like, well, I can't return it because I had it too long. I'm like, would you? And I, this one I borrowed from, I forget his name, but the author of Essentialism. And mm. he, you know, he uses this question, would you? would you pay money for it right now? Oh, I like that. Yeah. And she was like, well, no, I wouldn't buy it again. I'm like, you're not going to get the money back. So let's just, and you know, and she found a really good shelter, which she loves. And that really resonates with her. So Um, she's got a purpose tied to this too. That helps. So it's really easy for her to, you know, it's easier when we know it can go somewhere. And, um, but yeah, but it's going back to like, why do we hold on? We hold on to things because we feel guilty that we bought them, but yes. yet we don't do anything for us. And, you know, it's sad, but it's so common. And the important part to that, um, what I'm hearing you say and what's really resonated with me is that this is going to be painful to get rid of these things that I paid perfectly good money for. The mm-hmm. important thing is not to repeat the cycle. Once this stuff is gone, new stuff does not come in. I mean, other than these core key items I was talking about, which are replacing some of these cheaper things I'm getting rid of. This isn't an invitation to go on a shopping spree now that the closet's empty. And that's, that's the big part. Um, Mm -hmm. And and to that point, I would say one of the other rules I have for myself that I've implemented is don't go into shops or look at websites that you know are your weaknesses. Um, Right. And, and Instagram is the one that's actually gotten me the most. I'm not really a shopper who's out in places to buy things other than maybe airports. But man, I tell you, these Instagram accounts with super cute stuff, that tends to be my demise. And so I've started hiding those ads and I've yeah. stopped following companies that sell the kinds of things that I would normally be prone to purchasing in a weak moment because it's right. just like going to the grocery store. I don't bring a bunch of shit food home because I know if I bring it home from the store, I'm going to eat it. Right. Like why, why put yourself in a compromising position where you know that if you're right. around this brand, you're going to probably buy stuff. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great example. Like when I was talking about systems, like there's so many different ways that you can create systems to help you, you know, whatever it is, if it's physically in your closet or if it means purchasing or if it's in your kitchen or whatever. And like, that's the stuff that I love. And when we talked, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the same client we talked about, and that's where, you know, capsule wardrobes, I think, um, you know, the Marie Kondo thing, everything, I think that's just half the equation of letting go, but we really have to dive deep to be like, how did I get in this situation in the first place? And how do I prevent it from reoccurring? And because I think like you've done a really good job of you're like, this is my goal is just having these few things. And, you know, and I would say that the average person doesn't, isn't that, um, I don't know what the word I want is use, but they're not as diligent, you know, or if that would be right. a appropriate word. And sure. You know, like this, this client, like we had to dig deep and I was like, when are you shopping? Cause you're buying a lot of stuff. And when are you, there shopping? you go. We really just, we really dug deep to find out what's at the root of this issue, whether it's your pantry, that's not functioning or it's your garage. It's not functioning, like getting to the root of the issue. Um, and understanding what that is and then helping yes. to build systems around that. And so we, so we looked at, like, she's like, I shop at night when I'm stressed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's a physician, has three children. Her husband's a surgeon. You know, she's very busy. Um, and her mother was ill. And, um, you know, uh, so we looked at, um, so just, there was just a lot of stress shopping. And, um, you know, so I was like, okay, now we need, we need to build a system going forward that doesn't just solely rely on willpower and discipline because, yeah, stress that's going to go out the window. And so, like you said, you unfollowed. So we went through, we're like, when do you shop and how do you do it? She's like, I do it in my email because they send me email. So I'm like, we're going to unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. And, yes. and, the, and these are things that she came up with herself. I just led her down that path, you know, and, and then also she had to take the credit card information out of her phone because that made it too easy. Oh, to, good you know, one. filled. Yeah. And so like thinking about what systems can we put in place that makes it harder for you to return to your old ways and keep you on this path where you want to go. Cause she knows how good it feels when we get stressed, we kind of just fall back into our old ways. We do. And yeah. And so I love that. So I love That's what a great you're one. saying. How, 
yeah, just building these systems in place for ourselves because, um, you know, it is a journey and we can't always just rely on willpower and discipline to, to take right. us on that path. So it's just like, where are these opportunities to make it easier for us, you know? And, and that's why I always talk about with people in their homes. I'm like, especially say, you know, someone wants to clear their closet and they share it with someone else. And then that person's not on board because they're really not motivated. And that's where like, systems come into play or when you're dealing with young yep. children, like I have a three-year-old and I, you know, went through her closet this weekend and cause it was insanity. It was like all over the floor, everywhere. Cause she just pulls <laughs> everything out, like repeatedly, she pulls everything out and then I pick it up and I'm like, this is insanity. So I'm like, okay, step back. Like, what is, what's the core issue here? And I'm like, well, she's three. That's part of it. But she had too much stuff, which a lot of people, uh, you know, we can, we can relate this to adults too. Why do, you know, we just have too much stuff in a given space, but there was too much. I'm like, if there's two pieces or 20, she's going to pull them out. And, but I had to just, you know, I'm like, we're literally going to pare down to like three pairs of pants or whatever, you know? And I put like 10 in there. I'm like, what can we get through in a week? Cause she's three years old. So she changes her pants a lot, but, um, so but really cute. stepping back and assessing for like what the, um, you know, really what's at the core of it, understanding or the root of the, of the problem or the issue or the space. And then that can help you to build your system appropriately. But I think often we jump to, I'm going to get rid of everything and this is going to, you know, solve my problems. And then, um, you know, and that's why, again, I much respect for Marie Kondo, but when I watch a show, I'm like, that's just part of it. Like you got rid of your stuff, but have we even talked about why you have all that? That's right. Yes. And then how your space functions. And that's the, you know, the other piece that the other half of that equation is like, okay, now you need to, especially when there's multiple people or kids, it's like, you know, kind of how did that space get that? And how do we build systems to help you from getting back to that place of stress that you experience? Especially when people, not everyone's motivated because it's not bothering other people. And that's right. So finding those systems. And that's like, that's just the work I really love is like working with families. Like we have to factor multiple people in multiple personalities, multiple motivation levels and find a system that makes your life easier because we shouldn't be spending our time, you know, dealing in our closets. Stuff. Exactly. Dealing with stuff. Thank you. So, yeah. um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but no, no, I like all of that. No, I, I love all of that. I, I love those not saved credit cards part, but just, yeah. you know, um, the root of getting to the root of the issue. I love what you said about just analyzing when do you do your shopping? Um, if, if it's someone who's bringing stuff home that consistently doesn't fit or consistently has tags and they don't return it, like why? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the rules I experimented with this week, so I was, I was texting three other girlfriends about this closet project and a couple of them actually started hitting their closets because it kind of lit a fire under them too. Yeah. And then we were in, um, two of them are, are lawyers also. And we were talking about like, do we think we could do the rule of fives or is it, are those the rule of seven or rule of 10? Cause we all just, honestly, I think we crave rules and structure. Yeah. So we just want yeah. a hard, fast rule. Like you only get five t-shirts. So if you're going to bring a new one in, one has to go right. like having a hard, fast rule, because anytime there's interpretation in the gray area and things get messy. So the one gal, she went to five of each thing, five shirts, five suit jackets, five pants, and I found that super impressive. I wasn't quite ready to go there, but where I'm at right now in my space is that I would really like to have a hard, fast rule. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious if you've ever had clients basically ask you, like, can you give me a rule to follow or what you've seen people doing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, making it objective because it is such an emotional thing. Yes. And so when you have those guidelines or that criteria, whatever it is to set, um, does make it a little bit easier. And that's, you know, I would say a lot of the time people are like, again, they're overwhelmed and they're like, I don't even know how to proceed. Like, I just know I'm going crazy, like, but I don't know what to do. Um, and so I, you know, same thing. It's like, really, what's your goal for this space? Like what motivates you? What would resonate with you? And then helping them to set that criteria. So when, you know, they're in the closet and they're like getting overwhelmed again. It's like, you can pull them back very objectively. And, you know, if they're like, but I love this sweater and mm-hmm. I'll be like, but does it X, Y, and Z, whatever we set, you know, as your, um, your rule, you know, like with that client, like your rule is that it has to, we didn't do a number of her. She's like, I, I need to feel amazing in it. And so I was like, do you feel amazing? Nope. I was like, okay, uh. there you go. and, and, um, so yeah. So setting something that rule, if you want to call it, based on what really resonates with that person. And sometimes it's hard for them to figure that out. And so helping them to set that rule to just keep them, you know, to keep them within the guardrails, um, 
through the process is really helpful. So, yeah. You know, you shared that podcast with me, which is so funny because I didn't even click on the one you sent me. I I followed her on iTunes and then I just randomly picked one of her episodes, which ended up being the one that you sent me. But more interestingly, it was, of course, on the master bedroom closet. And what she said was, I liked which is that this Marie Kondo sparking joy thing has just never worked for me. I'm just too pragmatic mm-hmm. for that. I, I guess I don't have enough really emotion towards clothing in general. Um, now, if we were talking bike stuff, <laughs> then probably could right. do the whole sparking joy thing. But in the closet, she suggested saying, do I feel like myself when I wear this? And mm-hmm. I really liked that. And that was in my mind when I got dressed this morning in my new closet, because everything that's in there right now makes me feel like myself. And I think that's important too. Like, why do we own things that are not authentic for who we are? Right. Um, so, I mean, this is like psychology. This is like deep shit here. <laughs> it, it, it is. But I tell you, yeah, it's, I often, when I'm working with people, I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh, like I don't have a therapy degree, you know, yeah. but um, I'm not trained yeah. as a therapist, but um, cause it's not yep. easy. And that's why, you know, I do what I do because people are like, I, I, I need some help and understandably so, because again, going back to it and, you know, people are like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, it's not what's wrong with you. It's how our brains are wired and you know, that it is triggering you. It is making you feel overwhelmed and, um, you, you know, and not pushing, yeah, not pushing people. Like I always talk about, um, you know, cause we each like, that's why when you're like, I did the garage, I did the basement. I was like, she's on fire. You know? <laughs> and like other people like, you know, couldn't do that. And, and that's where I tell people, I'm like, I get a sense where like where people are at, where they want to be. And it's the same when I worked with cardiac patients that everyone was different. I'm like, I'll meet you where you're at. Like, here's your mm-hmm. goal. And like today might be around the block tomorrow, might, you know, for the other person, there might already be a jog. And same thing with, you know, working with people, because this is a journey and coming in and just ripping everything out and is not, it might feel good for a little bit, but then if we're not, again, addressing the issues. It's going to come right really, back. That's really tough for some people because, yeah. you know, people want to jump to solution. And, you know, I work with people, you know, virtually across the country. And, you know, one was talking about like a paper system. And she's like, I just let these papers pile up. And she was already coming to the table saying, I think if I just get a new desk, oh. that will help me. And I was like, well, why do you think you need a new desk? And we just peel back the layers mm. and layers and layers. And it got to, it's like that her, you know, husband had created a paper system that didn't really work for her. And because it, I'm always about like, how does your brain, you know, process? Things? That's right. Like, yes. And yeah, like what makes sense to you to like put it away and what makes sense to you to look for it and how do we associate it? And because again, these systems should just make your life easier. You shouldn't be wasting brain power looking for a bill or something, you know? Right. And, but that's what we, we discovered at the root of it was she's like, I don't like the system. Like, I don't know how to use that system you set up. And so I'm afraid to do it wrong. And so I'm just going to avoid these and and stack it up. Yeah. And just, uh-huh. you know, avoid it. And, um, you know, but quickly people are like, but if I just buy something, it might solve my problems. And, Interesting. you know, and it, it could, that's why I tell people, they're like, oh, you must love bins. And I'm like, well, bins are great if they have a good system. Like if they, you know, if they help whatever your closet look better, but there's an underlying system there. Absolutely. But, um, but I just, I, I find it, I really enjoy helping people really get to the root. So like, I never realized that was the issue. And, and I'm not talking like trauma, you know, it's just like things that we have to understand why it's not working. And that's, that's not easy to do for people, especially when they're in the thick of it and it's your own stuff and you've got the emotional baggage attached to the clothes or whatever it might be, or you're frustrated with your family because they're not, you know, keeping things the way you want it. It's it's hard to be able to step back and be objective. So to be able to add, yes. you know, offer that perspective, you know, is really helpful. And that really just helps to expedite things. Because I see a lot of people try to tackle these spaces they know are triggering them, but in the wrong way. And then it just, that's why it falls apart the next week. And then it falls sure. apart again. And you're like, this is insanity, you know? And it's getting drawn really... out into this long project at that point. Yep. Exactly. And that's where it's like, if you come in and you really do it, you know, the right way and not the right way, but let's just say like you, um, cause it's just my way. I think it's right. But you know, but, um, but if you're more thorough and we really, you know, set these foundational, you know, elements that help you to continue, cause it is a journey. And that's something else in that podcast I sent you that Tish Oxenwriter said, yes. um, 
that, you know, she's like, it is a journey. People think it's a one and done event and it's just not. They're like, oh, if I just pile all my clothes really high on the bed and then I let them go, like my life, sorry, should I not say it that way? But No, of course you should. I've just been hitting a little close to home. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, but I'm, I'm referring to a TV show where they're like, pile everything on the bed. And I'm like, if that's not overwhelming, I don't know what is, but I'm like, um, but you know, but that's just half of it. And so it's, but understanding that it requires maintenance because just the society we live in and small children and husbands that like free stuff at races, like it just comes in continually. And so having systems in place to help you, you know, to maintain, you know, things along this journey so that things just don't fall apart again. So. Which um, on that yeah. topic, can I just share a win? Cause you just mentioned something that actually makes me feel really good, like a success in this department. Um, you mentioned your husband like liking free stuff at races. And we talked about that the first time too, which I can totally relate to. So I was at this great legal seminar, women's trial attorney seminar um, a week ago, and the vendors really made it a point to give us some pretty awesome swag, Mm -hmm. um, which stuff we all get, right? S-W-A-G. And so they did some pretty awesome like candles and really gorgeous water bottles and Wonder Woman socks and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, like, like plastic figurine to put on your desk and, um, a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like, and it was high quality stuff. This was not cheap stuff. And they handed it out to us and I, I took it and I was really excited and I brought it all back up to my room and I'm, I'm looking at all those things. And it occurred to me that if that made it in my bag, it was going to make it into my house and then it was going to make it into my life and my sphere. Mm -hmm. And I was going to have to make some really hard decisions at home about what to do with it. Yeah. Because I didn't need any of it. And quite frankly, stuff that sits around is my least favorite kind of thing. And so I, the next day took it back down to the conference and I set it at the registration table and the staff was so excited because they weren't going to get any of this stuff. And now they were going to get some stuff. Not only that, but I had just a carry on bag. So it would have been really hard for me to get it in my luggage. And then when I came home, I didn't have it here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So nice to be like, that stuff's awesome. I so appreciate you guys for bringing that amazing stuff. However, I've regifted it and it's not in my house right now. And I don't know. I had to kind of give myself a little pat on the back because I really wanted to bring it home. It was cool stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good for you because so often people, um, you know, have, you know, they're like, oh, I feel bad if I don't take it. And then we take it home and we don't realize that like, if we, like I'm all about process maps. And if we like process mapped out like the journey of this, you know, whatever candle, whatever it is and how it's like, then you bring it and you, you know, it comes home with you and then it sits there and then you see it and it, you're like, ah, it stresses me yes. out. And then yes. I've got to figure out what to do with it. And then I feel bad. And how do I, you know, and it sounds yes. a little but think about that multiplied by like hundreds. Right. And that's what most people are dealing with in their homes. And so once you go through this work and we talk about like you're simplifying, you're creating systems and then how do we sustain it? You know, part of that equation is like being really thoughtful and intentional about what we're bringing back in and, yes. you know, whether we're talking clothes or these gifts and, and that's hard and that's a shift for Super people. Hard. Like, how do I say no? Cause we're so used to saying yes. And, you know, we did that. Like my husband and I um, had our, you know, children later in our thirties. And so we were, you know, some of the last, so people are all like handing down stuff and we were so used to be like, yes, yes, yes. And now we're like, no, no, No. (laughs) we don't want it, you know? And, and, but there's, you know, that was a shift and I was afraid of hurting people's feelings. And, but then you realize like, it's okay. You know, it's okay. But, you know, again, going back to like, what's my goal. If my goal is to have a clear space that I don't have, you know, to deal with these things, then that's right that's part of it is like whether it's taking the credit card information on your phone or just, you know, or politely saying no, if you don't want the gift or whatever it might be, or, or finding a way to do something with it, but don't feel obligated to bring these things into your home and life if they're not adding value for you. That's right. You almost have to be like the bastion of your threshold is kind of how I see it anymore. I mean, I've just gotten almost, well, yeah, you're probably gathering from my personality. It's like one or 10. So I get like <laughs> kind of crazy about stuff. And so I've just started checking in on like whatever crosses my threshold is going to make its way into my house and my life. And so what mm-hmm. comes in my house? Well, anymore, I've become so highly sensitized to free things, especially those of us that race bikes or triathlons or run races or whatever. There's always those swag bags and there's always the free giveaways. And so anymore, that's become one of my rules is that I don't bring home a race bag it never even gets in my car. I think we talked about this the first time, but more so my um, alarm bells sound off anytime someone is trying to give me something that's free because yeah. the free stuff tends to be the stuff that just turns into the, like the little cluttery shit in the junk 
drawers in a yes. kitchen that sits around. Yes. And, and yeah. And that's what, yeah. And I understand like uh, people might say, well, it's really hard because I have kids or I have this or I have that, you know, and, and I'd say the same thing. And so I'm very careful, like with my kids, because they just like, oh, I love trinkets, whatever. And, yes. you know, when my, when my husband picks it up at the fourth or, you know, St. Patty's Day race and like this weekend, I was like, so I what? have my whole system put in <laughs> place where I'm like, great, I will bring this to like the treasure box at the school where they give, you know what I mean? Or something Perfect. like finding. I have this system. I'm like, yep, you can play with it for like a day. And then I, you know, very discreetly let it go. Cause I don't want to turn my children into like these hoarders that hold on I to love everything. It. Um, I love that. But, you let them have it for a day and then you subtly repurpose it. That's awesome. And they don't, and not they so don't good, know. you know, they're still young. We'll see what their therapist says, but like, they, <laughs> you know, that they, um, you know, doing okay. But I think, so it's like, you know, if you can keep it out, great. But if not, like just have a, a strategy or just be thoughtful about like, you know what, let it come in, but it's got to somehow get back out because otherwise it just piles up and then you get overwhelmed again. And so, you know, that's just part of that journey and, and being intentional. And so, that's um, right. yeah, it's not easy, but once you start doing it, like this feels great that like no keychain like is worth, yes. yeah, yes. is worth that. So, yeah. Well, let me, um, let me wrap this up just in case there are people out there who are feeling, you know, winter and these kind of cold weekends sometimes are the perfect time to do some, some gutting inside. So, um, so you've heard where I'm kind of at in this phase. I have this like 45% of the closet that is kind of to be determined, I would call it, where I, I inherently in my heart and soul know that it just it probably needs to go. Um, it all fits. It's all nice. It's all in style. It's all nice clothing, but I just don't need that much. And so, um, you know, if you were to give me homework, what would you say? Well, I have a pretty clear process that I usually, you know, utilize. That's why I was saying I was like, gotcha. Oh. I'm going to have to come over, but, um, yes, but really, you may. You know, yeah, I'll come <laughs> that'll be the next, next series. Next um, yes. Um, but you know, really, I think the first thing is starting and maybe you've done this, but really inventorying what you have. Cause sometimes like if we okay. just move it, um, we're not, okay. you know, not really where, but really inventory and that might be laying out in the bed that, okay. you know, in categories. So it gives you a sense, um, a really of what you have. And sometimes that makes it a little easier. We're like, well, I have, you know, 10, whatever, 10 black blazers. Like, am I ever yes. going to wear 10 black blazers? That kind of thing. That's but, a good idea. But it's in however, um, but truly getting a sense for what you have is usually the next phase. And then I would just say, okay, now I have a grasp for what I have and I still want to hold on to it. Then that's where we really try to deep, dig deeper to understand, you know, what, what yep. is, what is the fear or what is the concern? And then finding, you know, finding a way to get you to whatever that goal is that, you know, resonates with that. But I would say like the inventory is just really finding out what you really have. Cause sometimes that puts in perspective and you're like, yes. well, this is easy, you know? That's right. Well, I've experienced that just with the shoes. They were on a shelf. I could see them all, but suddenly seeing them splayed out on my floor really hit me full on in the face. And I historically have organized my clothes by color. Mm -hmm. So to your point about inventory, um, there's all the pink shirts together, but that's not giving me a sense of how many um, undershirts or tank tops or blazers, like you said, because they're organized by color, not by item. So I love that. And actually my new closet now, um, interesting that you brought this up is my undershirts are in one area, my sweaters are in one area, my, um, blazers and then my cardigans. And so I have basically five of each and I put just one pair of jeans on a hanger instead of two so that I can see exactly what they are. Mm -hmm. And I love that idea because then when you see you have more than you could ever wear in a week, and oh, by the way, I think the other big realization I've had through all this, and of course I've always known it, but it's just really settled on me, is that no one cares what you're wearing. Right. <laughs> no one is paying any attention. You could wear the same thing with like small modifications five days in a row. And as long as it's clean and you're not stinking, no one will notice. <laughs> right. And most people probably think it's cool. Like I, yeah. Yes. I mean, who? no one judged Steve Jobs, did they? <gasps> or, you know, Obama no. or Albert Einstein or any of those people. Um, Exactly and, right. Yeah. So it's exactly. And I think right now it's, yeah, it's, it's the end thing anyway. So you, you'd be hip, you know, I would be hip. I would be yeah. hip. And more importantly, it jives with kind of my truest values, which are saving water, saving resources, like living in alignment with my environmental causes. And so yeah. it struck me as interesting that my wardrobe was so out of touch with the rest of the way I'm living my life. So that's yeah. been a really motivational factor. So yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Like you, you're just doing amazing things. And so, yeah, we'll have to check and see how 
how this next phase is homework is and see, yeah, see what comes up for you. And I'm thinking after this, my good friend does cabinet uh, overhauls where she, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the word right now, she refinishes Uh like kitchen cabinets and stuff. And my kitchen isn't terrible, but there's a lot of stuff in there I don't use. And uh, I think that having her come pull all the doors off to go spray them and taping off the cabinets, of course, I'm going to have to empty everything. I think that's yeah. going to be project number four oh, uh, because be I'm going to be forced to purge. <laughs> yeah. And I love kitchens because we use so much, we use them so much that um, they're just such a space where if we can create the right systems, you know, if we have what we need and we have the right systems, it just creates efficiencies and it's just a better, we just enjoy being in that space more, especially when it comes to like cleaning up and putting things away and um, we save money, we save time. And it's just, there's so much to be gained from, you know, a, a simple and, you know, systematic kitchen. You know, something, well, this probably resonates with you because medical background, we'll wrap this up here pretty quickly, but yeah. uh, they talk about how ORs and ERs are designed with efficiency in mind, where it's only so many steps for the surgeon to do X, Y, Z, and same for the nurse and same for the anesthesiologist. Like people are not walking circles around the patient, in the OR, it's set up very strategically. And um, I forget whether I read this, but they likened that to our kitchen. And they said, how many of us are walking so mm-hmm. many unnecessary steps? And I think about where my dishes are relative to my dishwasher, relative to my sink. And and I started paying attention to how many steps I walk in my kitchen just because of where the stuff is. And it's yeah. nonsensical. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. And I love, and I actually, I speak to a lot of groups and I actually share that. I show a picture of my kitchen and I show a picture of an OR. And because that's oh, nice. Where that's how I started doing this work because I did um, process improvement work in the clinical space. And so I look at exam right. rooms and ORs and we actually call them spaghetti diagrams. And so you would trace really? all the steps and it looks like spaghetti because, you know, just the nurse or the tech or whoever, you know, going all over the room and, you know, you'd want to ultimately reduce, you know, from 55 steps to 20 steps. And I say it's the same thing in our kitchen. People are like, oh, it's the kitchen. But I'm like, but I, when in, in the morning when I'm trying to get two kids ready, and yes. trying to get myself out the door. Yes. And like, that is huge. And so I actually clocked it and I saved, I like set up a station, you know, where I have like, I put the dishes away just one part of the kitchen and like all the dishes are adjacent oh. to the dishwasher. And then like when I'm making lunches, all the lunch making supplies in one space. And cause if I go across the kitchen to do something, I get distracted by 10 other things and I don't yes. get what I'm doing and I yes. waste much time. But but I measured and I saved like just with lunch making, like I saved five minutes and I'm like, which sounds like not a big deal, but times, you know, however many lunches I calculated, it's like 22 hours over the course of a year. That's amazing. So, yeah. So think about that times, like say I did that to 10 other things in my kitchen and we're talking like, you know, weeks of time saved and, and frustration. And it's not, you know, again, it's not just the minutes we save, but when we're exhausting ourselves to do these things in the morning, like running around our kitchen or putting, I don't like to put dishes away. So I'm like, I want to make it as easy as possible. Yes. Um, I mean, there's, it's huge. Then I'm not grumpy and I'm, you know, a more pleasant mother and then my day starts better and all these things. So yeah, so, so much we can talk about with that. I love it. Ooh, I think that should be our next topic and we can map out the kitchen. And as you were just saying that, I was just thinking between the decision fatigue in the closet and then the excess stress in the kitchen. And then we have these horrible commutes now most people do to mm-hmm. their office space. Like, no wonder our day starts off sideways. <laughs> Oh, we're exhausting ourselves we before we even before even the importance of starts. And then when the importance of starts, our brains are just fatigued. And yeah, we got nothing. We got nothing we, for it. And that's why we can't focus. You know, we're just, yeah, wow. we're inundated. So, and we're just, that's my passion is really helping people like in our home environments. This should not be the place that's draining us no. because of our stuff or lack of, you know, lack of systems or whatever it is, you know. And again, a system is just like, how is stuff laid out in your home? Does that make sense for you? Does that make your life easier? And like the answer is no, then let's figure out what would. And, um, but yeah, that shouldn't, there's so much coming at us and our poor little brains just can't handle Seriously. it really. And so let's not let our home environment add to that. Yeah. Clarity. I think clarity and a little bit slower roll and a little more white space would probably benefit mm-hmm. all of us. Um, and I just want to say, I just so appreciate how you preach. Like there is no the way. Um, I like no. how you really let people come to a space of what's serves them and you're not trying to impose some perfect perfect approach on everyone I really appreciate that oh, thank you yeah it's, I, we're all we're all wired differently and we need to factor that in so yeah and I bet it's effective a lot longer because of that um so good on you for helping people figure out what's what's you know in their heart and what's going on at the the root of it all <laughs> 
Awesome. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to do this. So it's, it's oh, pretty cool stuff. You're so good at it. And I just want to tell our listeners, since we spoke the first time I read your book, Simplify. Oh, um, so good. Just like quick read that is super implementable and um, like very pragmatic and practical. And I just really appreciate books like that, that aren't all fluff and flutter and, and no real substance. It was very on point and stuff that you can just put into practice right away. So thanks for putting that book out into the world. Thank you. Yeah. No clutter in there. <laughs> no clutter in there. <laughs> exactly. All right, Miss Stephanie. Well, I'm going to um, let you go, but once again, will you share your website with our listeners? Yes. It is life made simple at home.com. And you have a great Instagram feed with the same handle. And I so enjoy your posts and love seeing where your work takes you and really appreciate your posts of like before and after and what people are doing in their homes. I just think that's like so inspiring. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, thanks for making the world a better place by helping people find their sanity. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. I can't wait to uh, hear about your closet and uh, (laughs) we'll talk about the kitchen next. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hopman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.